This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Everybody and welcome to the Lion of the Inner Suite podcast, episode eighty-eight. My name is Dan Murphy, and joining me today, as ever, is Mr. Will Jones. How are you, Will? I'm very good, thank you. I'm very good. Just um, yeah, settling into uni nicely, and uh, yeah, it's good. Very, very, very nice to hear. And also joining me today is Mr. Tom Jenkins. Tom, how are you? Uh, I'm all right, thanks, Dan. Uh, just on the mend from uh, from a broken jaw sustained fairly recently, but uh, how no, may I ask right. was a broken jaw sustained? Uh, I was in your, your neck of the woods, Dan. I was in Sheffield and uh, oh. found myself in a bit of a scrap, <laughs> unfortunately, and uh, came out on the wrong side of it. But um, I'm, well, I'm on the I, 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 this is quite interesting. I, I get myself into. I wouldn't say scrap. I've not been hit, but the, a few of the last three occasions I've been out, violent confrontations have happened. I mean, I got threatened to be stabbed in. Uh, in Sheffield, literally two weeks ago, that was fun. So tell me, tell me the story. Come on, I want to know if it's scrap. Well, but based on the delightful individuals that I came across when I was there, it doesn't shock me that you've got stories like that. Why were you in? All, why um, were you in Sheffield? May I ask? I've got mates over over at uni. Oh, where'd you go? Uh, where'd Sheffield, you go the night so. out? Yeah, I, I was uh, I was in Tank nightclub. Ha, I well, that was million. your first mistake. The very same <laughs> nightclub where Gary Medine famously assaulted someone and was then sent to prison for it. Oh well, <laughs> I'll, I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked. Links to Bolton. Um, no, it was it was it was a stupid situation. I, I tried I tried to move past the bloke, um, just sort of put my hands on him to get him out of the way while uh, my mates had walked through the crowd. Uh, he didn't take too kindly to me putting my hands on him, so he shoved me, started yeah. arguing with me. While I was arguing with him, his friend very kindly t- uh, blindsided me with a punch and uh, took out my jaw, which started off a bit of, a bit of a brawl. Um, and it was it was that first punch that, that broke my jaw. I was in I was in hospital for. Uh, a, a day and a day or so, and uh, yeah, I had to have an operation. But like I said, on the on the men now, frankly. Wow, I mean, it's good that you can actually talk on a podcast with a <laughs> jar and a sling, but uh, absolutely <laughs> not quite in a sling, but yeah. The most exciting start to a podcast ever. Exactly. Oh, absolutely, yeah, no. <laughs> and now you've learned to never go to tank. Cause there we go. There we go. That's the moral of the story. I would say go to the Harley. It's very nice. That's where I got friends to be stabbed. Um, <laughs> The only recommendation so far, I, I think just avoid it, um, it would be probably the safest yeah, advice. Yeah, probably so, probably so. And speaking of fights, Gary Medine, once again, he got arrested, didn't he? That was funny. But we don't really need to talk about that, because it doesn't really relate mm-hmm. to football. Because, lads, Bolton is still undefeated. We've, this podcast is, well, I don't know if we've done an episode for a month or so, maybe. There's an international break, and then life gets in the way. But regardless, Bolton is still undefeated seven games... Without a defeat or six, whichever it is. But regardless, we are not happy, are we, Will? Um, yeah, it, it's difficult to say, really, because um, obviously you, you can never really be happy considering we're still in the bottom three. And, you know, it depends how positively, how positively you, uh, you look at things, really. 
because you, you could say that you know there's a point gained um, there, here and there, or you could say that it's two points dropped every time we've drawn. Um, you know, and I think everyone would agree that that's been the, the case with um, two most recent games, you know, against Preston and, and Reading. Um, probably more so with Reading, considering it was a we threw away a two goal lead. But um, yeah, it, it's although we are unbeaten in seven, which most teams would be delighted with. Um, I don't think we can express the same feelings, unfortunately. No, because undefeated, like it's all well and good being undefeated, but in two games, a win and a loss is worth more than two draws. So. It doesn't really matter. And to think, if you look back at the results, um, so we beat Sheffield Wednesday and what started this QPR, we went ahead and uh, I'm pretty sure we went ahead and then we drew. Fulham, we went ahead and then drew. Sunderland, I can't really remember the order of those. I'm pretty sure we went ahead like three mm-hmm. times, was it? We did, yeah. Again, so there you go, three times. One, we beat Norwich, obviously the nil-nil with Preston, but then Bolton against Reading, sorry, again a 2-0 lead and unable to hold on for it. So, uh, Tom, what's problem why can't we hold on to these leads uh i think it's it's symptomatic of the way that phil parkinson wants to play football he, he was desperate last season as as it showed um to stop the opposition from scoring and against the better quality of opposition our defense is unable to do that this year but when, when we take a lead and given the pre- precarious position we find ourselves in i think i think parkinson believes it to be key that we hold on to that lead for dear life but the problem is because we're not good enough at the back to be able to withstand you know, however many minutes it was against Reading, a good, well, a good onslaught of about sixty minutes of pressure. Uh, we're, we're just not good enough to be able to deal with it, and it's it's why when we do take an early lead, we tend to throw it away. Mm-hmm, absolutely, and it's just so like kind of disheartening because like if, if even two or three of these victories, you know, at one point when we were still up against Reading, we were out of the relegation zone on goal difference to Birmingham, who have an absolute stinker. Thankfully, lost to Middlesbrough yesterday. I do believe. Burton again going nowhere but down. Sunderland cannot get even with Chris Coleman in charge. Can't get themselves out of the mire they've been. Who would have thought? Um, and it's just, it's very kind of disheartening when we have we're in these positions um, to be able to go on and get fish, uh, vital points, but we kind of just throw it away as we've done so many times. Um, and obviously, the first of these games was the nil-nil against Preston, where I managed to watch the first half before I thankfully, blissfully went and had a curry instead and. Didn't have to sit through the fucking rest of the nil-nil. But you two lads were both there. Nil-nil. Yeah. I don't know why Sky thought this should be on telly, because it was the exact same game as last year, when it was also nil-nil mm-hmm. around the end, on, end of October, uh, the beginning of November. And from what I saw in the first half, Preston, we were lucky to be in the game still. Preston had a lot, much, much more of the ball. Our defending was all over the place. Um, Huntington at the back post especially should have done better with a chance. And... We held on, and it was probably a good point in the end, Will. Yeah, it seems to be the way that um, it, it's gone quite recently, you know, with um, other teams having the majority of possession, as it was on Tuesday. I think it was something like 80% possession to Reading, um, and I don't think it was far off that at Preston either. Um, doesn't necessarily mean we're playing badly, it just means we're, we tend to be on the defensive quite a lot. Um, although it was typically your nil-nil, you know, a few chances here and there, but ultimately, you know, it was... Um, it was just one of those ball draws, really. I mean, the only other thing that made it less of a ball draw was, one, the floodlight went out before the game began. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. And um, two, our own fans stupidly decided to gas the rest of them out. Oh, at the uh, well, at half-time as well. Um, oh, so that was, that, that, that was fun. But, um, yeah, it, it was uh, it was interesting. Good, good crowd. And um, I know it's about as close as we get to a derby this, this 
this season just because we, we've got none of our rivals in the league. Um, and as much of a nothing derby as it was, it was, um, you know, it, it was a good spec. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. spectacle. Yeah, and um, what did you think to game Tom? Any um, decent performances that stuck out to you? Uh, I thought we defended very well. Um, the first half, we obviously let slip a few chances. I think, as, as you said, Huntington had a good opportunity from a, from a ball in. Bark and also had a, had a good opportunity from a corner, uh, which actually concerned me, considering you know the, our, a lot of our problems against Reading came um, uh, trying to defend crosses. It seemed as though neither, neither side uh, wanted to defend a set piece uh, on Tuesday, and, it, and we were certainly... Um, poor at defending them in the first half against Preston. But I thought David Wheater and Mark Beavers uh, put in very similar shifts to what we expected from them in, in League One. They were they were dealing with every uh, high ball that came to them. And um, Preston had a, had a young Arsenal loanee, Sefi Mavidi, uh, I think his name is, mm. up front. Very, very pacey, yeah, very, yeah. very strong. And um, they dealt with him very, very well, I thought. So uh, you, you can't knock the defence. You couldn't knock the performances of Henry and Prattley, really, because they've, they've been playing very well of late. Uh, it's just that going forward, we didn't really have any opportunities mm-hmm. to speak of. Yeah, I absolutely loved um, Carl Henry's booking within the first ninety seconds of the game. That was <laughs> what was his odds for first booking must be short as fuck because my mate was even saying, "Oh, we should put it on." And I was like, "Nah, Pearson's playing," but Carl Henry pulls through as he always does. Tom, was there any performances, good or bad, that stuck out to you? I mean, Will, sorry, Tom just spoke. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I thought the two fullbacks were were solid, and I know the managers picked up on that as well. Um, I think since we've returned to a, a back four in general, really, those two have been fantastic. And I mean, I know it was more Andrew Taylor to, to begin with, but Robinson's done similarly well. And, um, you know, it, his pace coming forward helps us a lot, considering that we're, we're struggling for attacking options at the minute. And, you know, he, he managed to get a few crosses crosses in and beat his man down the wing. So, um, yeah, that looked promising. As Tom said, Prattley and Henry look good um, sitting in front of the back four. Um, Vela had a relatively good game, although was absent for a lot of it. Um, Amiobi was his usual tricky self. Um, uh-huh. I think probably a lot of people's man of the match. Um, although I'm sure our Rob would disagree. Uh-huh. And um, you know, Medin was his usual usual self of having balls pumped up to him, not being able to do a lot with it, having you know, given that he was man marked out the whole game really. Um, so we're still struggling for for goals, but it doesn't take away from the fact that a lot of the players had good performances really so yeah let's talk about Sammy he's a person who kind of splits opinion for me he as Carl Henry aside he's the reason for our upturning form because he even though he might not be consistent he's the one player who has a bit of spark about him the bit of player who when he's on the ball something can happen and we just don't have that anywhere else in the team and for me if we do kind of like, so staying up now isn't out of the question. All right, it's, it's disappointing we've had a couple of draws, but we're in good form. Obviously, Wolves are going to put an end to that come Saturday. But, you know, things aren't going too bad. But if we are to stay up, then Amiobi is going to be the absolute most pivotal piece to that. So where do you stand on this debate, Tom? Because obviously, Rob uh, from Line of the Street, amongst some others, are kind of, you know, say he's a bit inconsistent, doesn't do... He's too kind of, you know, scores a screamer, but then doesn't really do enough elsewhere in the game. What do you think? What I disagree with is the comment that he doesn't do defensive work. I certainly agree against Reading. He had a very, very poor game, uh, both attacking and defensively. Mm, but gave the penalty away. Exa- well, exactly. A completely needless challenge and, uh, and cost us three points. Um, but what, what I've seen from Sammy since he came back, and it started uh, in the Villa game, 
Um, he and Mark Little have a fantastic relationship down that right-hand side, and Amiobi's defensive work has been something that has impressed me hugely. He's, he's a big lad. He puts himself about. He's got a lot of pace, so if Mark Little's caught at the other end of the pitch, Amiobi's the one who can get back. And I think with Reading game aside, he's done that fantastically well. In, in Going forward, he obviously is unpredictable. I don't think he knows what he's going to do half the time when he's on the ball. But... Um, no, I, th- I think you're completely right when you say he's been a big reason for our upturn in fortunes and he, he needs to stay fit and he needs to be playing well for us to have any chance of staying up. That is absolutely certain. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Will? Yeah, he, he's been brilliant since he's come back, obviously. And I know that he, he kind of he divides opinions at times, you know, just because when he's not on the ball, people, again, argue that he doesn't chat back. But, I, again, I disagree like Tom does. Um, in terms of his contributions... And his work rate, it's it's fairly good considering that I think he has an asthmatic condition, if I'm right in saying so. Um, yeah, I don't know whether that was a rumour or not. But um, yeah, on, obviously he's a he's a massive impact player and, you know, he makes us a better team. Um, so, you know, it's it's more positive than it is negative, I'd say, is his return. So, yeah. <laughs> Fair play, I think, yeah. I mean, it'll be, our upturn form does kind of align with him coming back and with Henry, so if we are to stay up, them two are going to be the important players. Well, at least until January, if more bodies come in, as good old Kenneth was alluding to. Then, as we said, on Tuesday night, Bolton went to, well, played Reading at home, were 2-0 up, and, as they tend to do, blew the lead. You know, goals from um, Ali Burke, not Ali Burke, what's he fucking called? Reese Burke. Got there in the end, and Darren Prattley saw us go ahead, but Reading came back into it. Only one of you was there. Which one was it? Because my mind. It was me. You tell us about it. Well, uh, to be honest with you, I think we were relatively fortunate to be in the position we were. We, we were gifted goals courtesy of a a very poor goalkeeper uh, in Reading's net, and also their complete inability to defend set pieces. I think Burke's header was a free header from Prattley's flick on and. Uh, Pratt and Prattley's header was he was just completely unmarked standing in the box on his own could have had a cup of tea before he put it in the net um, and like I say I think we were gifted our goals and didn't really have to work very hard uh, so we, we, we once we got that lead relatively early we were just able to sit back but the problem with doing that when you invite a team which has got people up front with the pace of Mo Barrow and Shawnee Aluko um, is you're going to get tired having to chase them back all the time. And I think that showed eventually with both of uh, Reading's goals coming from uh, Mark Little and Anthony Robinson vacating their positions and you know being exploited by their pace because the, the ball in that led to Liam Moore's goal was because Robinson had marauded up the other end of the pitch and let Aluka cross it in. And obviously, Amiobi's foul was on Barrow after he got the better of Little. And, but if you allow them to attack you for a good 60 minutes of the game as we did there's a, you can only expect one outcome and that was the outcome that took place mm-hmm. it's like yeah it's just so kind of annoying was the penalty a penalty like dead on silly challenge it was soft but don't give the referee a decision to make when, when you're tracking back you're the wrong side of your man and you put your hand on his back he's going to go down all day long Yeah, and you give the referee a decision to make it can go against you and it did were there any particularly good performances that you'd like to highlight, or bad for that matter? Uh, Darren Prattley was absolutely fantastic in oh. that midfield. This has already been put on the on the line of the inner sights, being the man of the match, and he's completely deserved that, in my opinion. Uh, won every single challenge he went in for, scored a goal, uh, could have had another towards the end of the game, 
Uh, but actually, this time was very, very competent on the ball, which we haven't come to expect from him. Mm-hmm. Any bad players, Tom? Anything else? Uh, Amiobi had a very poor game. Adam Armstrong needs to stop starting and let so, Craig Noon have a go down that left wing. Well, there's Noon, there's Buckley, there's Alf for that matter. With so many kind of wide players, Marais as well. Why is Armstrong still getting this nod, do you think? I don't know. Having watched Noon come on and do more in that game than Armstrong, in ten minutes than Armstrong did in the entirety, uh, in the entirety was it's just frustrating to watch as a fan because you wonder what Parkinson sees that we don't. Mm-hmm. Will, what do you think? Why is Armstrong keep getting the nod? It, it, it frustrates me as well. You know, it, it's an article that I've I, I based it on actually. You know, just argued that it should be Lafondre starting. Every time, you know, because considering that we, we do have a lack of goals um, and that, you know, he, he's our main attacking threat, in, in all honesty. So why he's, you know, being beaten to the to the starting lineup by Armstrong, uh, I think bemused a lot of people. I know there was that rumour that there was a wage um, agreement and now that that's been rubbished, um, it, there doesn't seem to be any valid explanation. And, you know, from what I've seen, it doesn't seem to be anything that's outstanding, you know, and... Like Tom said, it, it's obviously something that Parkinson sees that we don't. Um, and I'd like to know what that is, to be honest, because uh, it's not helping us get anywhere at the minute. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, it's, not, it's not even as if he's kind of kind of contributing with goals either. It's like he's scored one, I think, for, in the league. And yeah, he's coming for a lot of criticism, Armstrong, and it wouldn't surprise me if soon. Ah. But see, he's going back to Newcastle, isn't he? So, well, there is that, isn't he? He has to, he'll be gone and... I can't imagine it'll be sticking around somewhere. No. What do you think, Will, in hindsight, of kind of Parkinson's summer business? Because we was all buzzing with um, Burke and fucking Cullen and Armstrong. Yeah. And the only one, the only signing we've really made in the summer, who we hadn't had before, who's actually worked out, is Carl Henry, really. Yeah, I mean, obviously that, that was a late addition and it, it has proved to be the best one, as you say. Um, obviously, Lafonja was, I think, mainly to keep the fans on side, and you know, given he was brilliant with Medine last year. Um, obviously, I, I was in full support of him coming back, and it just would have been nice to see him, you know, given his place. Really, um, like you said, with the two West Ham lads, I was more impressed with Bert than I was uh, Cullen. Um, I was led to believe for some reason that he'd actually gone back to West Ham early, um, but obviously then seeing him on the team I sheet believe he went on back Tuesday, for training or was injured or something. I had to see mm-hmm. some physio or something along those lines. I think it was, if I remember correctly. Right. Yeah. Well, for whatever reason, he did return. I just didn't expect him to see him back at all, and it's it's quite funny that given um, I think it was Rob's article, or Tom's article, neither of them have played. Um, so I don't know how much correspondence there is to that. Um, I, I doubt there is, but it just seems quite a coincidence. Um, thinking of the others, uh, the renewals like Marais, kind of less necessary considering that he's really not hit the form that he had last year. And I think we can all agree he's much more of a League One player. Um, Buckley, I thought, has been all right. Obviously, he's been out injured. Um, I'd like to see a lot more of him and as you say Amiobi blows hot and cold a lot of the time so yeah Carl Emery's been the most consistent in a way and perhaps you know deserves a chance at skipper dare I say you know if, if Prattley's ever out or whatever so maybe, uh, maybe. Yeah. So I would also like to throw in um, sorry to interrupt Mark Little I think, I think as a summer edition he, he's probably been the only other one other than Henry who has really impressed me really just, just, just because I did not expect 
um, a, you know, a relatively journeyman player to come in and be as consistent as he has been. I think there's only been a couple of performances where I've, where I've thought he's been poor, but certainly since he's linked up with Amiobi, I think he's been uh, he he's certainly been one of our more consistent players. Mm-hmm. But would you would you kind of see? It's hard to say because we don't know how much of the transfer dealings Parkinson actually had compared to the ownership or whatever. But do you kind of look back on his dealings now, uh, Tom, and kind of I don't know, think less of Parkinson's, you know, transfer wise or anything like that? I, I, I've got to agree that the vast majority haven't worked out so far. Um, I think Burke is a good player. I don't think Burke is going to oust uh, Beavers or Weeter from that starting centre-back role anytime soon just because you, you don't disrupt a centre-back partnership if it works and I, I, I truly think it works. Um, Armstrong, I thought if he was going to be played as a striker, he'd be a good signing for Bolton, but as he's not been played as a striker so you can't really judge his time mm-hmm. at the club properly from that basis. Uh, I think the vast majority of the signings he made were easy ones to make because, as Will said, a lot of them were renewals a lot of them were loans that were probably just, you know, recommended to him by uh, either, you know, someone up, upstairs or just, you know, who, who we could possibly get because, you know, we're not fishing from a very big pool here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not sure you can necessarily say it's his it's his fault for the signings not working out. I just think, as, as Chris would say, we can only get what we can get. 100%, 100%. I think it's, it's also quite difficult, you know, because people say that, oh, well, Alfred quite clearly wasn't a Parkinson signing and you know given that Parkinson actually turned down quite a few you know targets in the summer purely because he didn't want them you know or he thought we had enough of of the options you'd have to think that Parkinson did definitely say right we we want the fun we need him even um so it kind of baffles me a little bit as to why he hasn't been to been used if that's the case and I mean you know why it is lads we we did sign Julio Baptista yeah I forgot about that. That <laughs> well, the fact that we Wilbraham instead is something that's going to mystify me until the day I die. Especially Andy's forgotten about him. Ben Anderson goes on about desperately wanting to find someone who can help Medina up front. I thought that was what Wilbraham had been signed for. So, what, so what's the point of him being there if he's not that? Agreed. Isn't that the question? Is there... We'll drag this out as much as possible. Cause <laughs> it's weird. We started this podcast when, you know, Bolton were in turmoil and there was so much to talk about every week, but... You know, there's just not that much these days. So I guess we'll end this question. Unless you two have anything to say, Will, anything to add? I don't think so particularly, no. No, we're talking points, Tom. No, I think I think we've covered, as you say, there's not an awful lot to mm. talk about other than, you know, should we be happy with what we've been given so far? I mean, we're the only fans out there probably be depressed with the seven-game unbeaten run. Exactly, but because the stakes are high. I think the question I'm going to end on is we end pretty much every podcast at this point with, will we stay up, Tom? Uh, I, I always have faith. I always have faith, but the problem is you can't go to you can't go two nil up in games and throw it away and then stay up in, in in leagues. I remember in the Premier League we did it against West Brom and that yeah. basically was the final name nail in the coffin. I've, I've seen Bolton Wanderers throw away leads too many times to not see the telltale signs of relegation. I've, I'm, I desperately hope that we will stay up, and I think we've got the quality too. But I'm not sure whether the tactics are going to drag us down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, you put, I said it. Couldn't say it about myself. I think I'm happy that the Shannon finally showing a little bottle, a bit of fight. But Wolves may, may well just suck that all out of us come Saturday, and God knows what we'll be after. So I'm optimistic, and especially more optimistic after kind of the last couple of weeks. But I'm not holding my breath. Will. 
Um, I think as it is at the minute, I don't think we'll do enough. Um, the only way that I can see is possibly surviving as if something changes after Christmas with the attack. You know, if um, if Armstrong goes back and you know Arthur gets his chance, or we start playing the wingers where they should be, and you know, etc. Then um, in th- th- there's hope, but at, at the minute, I can't see our current situation being enough. Yeah, and, and that's sad. It's sad, but we have to kind of be a bit optimistic. I said seven games unbeaten, doing well-ish, could do better, but we've got to stay upbeat, got to be positive in this life. Oh, what's the point? Mm-hmm. But thank you very much for listening, dear listeners. Sorry it's a bit short, but you said there's just not, it's not much to talk about these days, especially with drab nil-nils and whatnot. But I've been Dan Murphy, that's been Will, that has been Tom. You can follow us on Twitter, I'm at Mabroski. Will is at Will Jones one and Tom is at T Jenkins forty four. T J fourteen Wanderer. No, that was appalling. <laughs> Almost there, Dan. Apologies for that. Apologies. <laughs> Will, Will J as well. Oh, I fucked it up. Fell over the show. <laughs> Le- leave it. <laughs> How about you say your own? Say your own again, Tom. Oh, should, should we? Should we give them an exclusive first? Oh, go on. Potentially, is there a special guest coming anytime soon? That we've mentioned previously at all. I don't know, is there? There might be. <laughs> I don't know. Something that, I, I don't know. <laughs> and it all descends into chaos. Well, that's a, that's well, a little tease, isn't it? It's well, teasing well, me. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Fucking, you have to listen to the next one to find out. Anyway, follow us on Twitter. Go to Line of Your Street on Twitter. Go to lineofyourstreet.com for all your Bolton Wanderers stuff. Like, share, whatever you want to do. Listen. I don't give a really care, but sweetheart, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. See you soon. So say goodbye, Tom. Goodbye, Tom. Say goodbye, Will. Bye, Will. And goodbye from me, Salah V.